0: On this episode of the podcast, I have him with with Michael Remen. He is the Director of Product Management for Salesforce at a very large financial institution. We're going to be talking about a few different aspects of Salesforce. We're going to be focused mainly around the consumer-centric component and how enterprises have adopted this CRM platform as a core to that strategy, and we're going to talk about how You know, user request changes are a little bit different as this is not an IT-owned application many times. And we're just going to chat with uh, Michael about all things Salesforce because this guy has uh, done it all. And I'm really excited to have him on. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So uh, just to kind of set the stage, I know uh, we're going to run through a, a few things. I know I didn't mention uh, where you work, so we're kind of uh, holding back on that so the audience is aware. But we do want to get to know a little bit about you know, who you are and kind of what you're focused on, and, and then uh, we'll go from there.
1: So like I said, glad to be here. So you know, I'll give the 20 or 30 second elevator pitch about me. I've been working about seven, eight years now within Salesforce, mostly focused on what we call the product management side of the house working with, you know, instances that are both large and small, doing, you know, some very, very complex, large integrations and building, you know, large scale applications on the platform. But really, I think to me, it's been a huge change over the last, you know, eight years or so, moving really away from being an IT application to, you know, this is an application to help run your your business and really focusing a lot on, you know, what we call users. You know, when we talk about product management with customers you know we call them you know we always say we're we're there for our users and how do we really create great experiences on the salesforce platform so the one other thing I I will just mention here just uh, before we get started is as Amir said you know I'm currently you know what I'll be talking about are my personal views on the CRM platform and are not representative of of the organization that I work for and is really is just taken from my experience of just working with the platform over the last years or so
0: Fair point. And yeah, we'd certainly uh, appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing that experience with everyone. So I guess let's kind of start. Yeah, you've been doing this for a while. You've been with Salesforce implementations, you know, big, small, as you mentioned. Kind of maybe go back one step and maybe talk about when Salesforce, maybe one of your first implementations, and you're putting it in and, and the massive inertia it took to convince salespeople that this is the right way to to capture your information. Because obviously that's changed now. Every, every you know, most salespeople use A serum of some kind, Salesforce being one of the dominant ones in the enterprise space. But how was that conversation like, you know, in the beginning?
1: Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. I, I talk a little bit about how, how I fell into Salesforce. And what was interesting because the the role that I had before I, many years ago before I actually started working with Salesforce was a lot around, you know, data analytics. And I started to look at, you know, all this data that we were using, you know, for sales and client management. And I started to realize that like, wait a minute, it's all coming out of this platform called Salesforce. And that's actually how I ended up turning my career towards Salesforce. But I think it's been a lot of, you know, when people first started using CRM, it it was a lot around, oh, well, this is the system that we now need to just, we need to put all of our information in there because, well, we need to have a record of it. We need to put everything in there. And over the years, as it's grown and really people have started to see, I think honestly, as things have gone more digital, I mean, the way that we do marketing, the way that we do selling, everything so much is is more digital now. And I think it's become a lot less of, oh, this is something I have to use versus something that, you know what, this can actually help me find things faster. This can help me manage my information. This can help me have all my information in one place and really can become less of a tool of, well, I need to record my pipeline and have that pipeline conversation with. You know my my manager every two months towards, "Wow, this is actually I live in this system every single day, and you know this should be the one system that I go to and basically the one system that I use to basically you know close all, all of my relationships.
0: Absolutely. Obviously, the move to digital and you know the footprint's causing everyone to tie in and learn more about the customer, right? So customer-centric, I guess from your perspective, yeah, you know, just maybe with you know what you've seen in Salesforce. When we're talking about customer-centric, how cutting edge have you seen things get right in terms of trying to tie in as many touch points, as many, you know, activities to a customer, to an individual person? Like what's happening that's kind of turning things upside
1: down? Well, I think as as relationships are moving more towards the customer, it becomes not knowing everything that the customer is doing it becomes quite shocking like for example you know if you would call up you know your your bank or something and and you you have multiple relationships with them and they would only know that you would have one relationship and not know that you had the other relationship and you know in cases in the past sometimes we would see this because maybe you would have multiple instances of salesforce that maybe one wouldn't be talking to the other or maybe you would have salesforce plus three or four other back end systems where they all wouldn't talk to each other. And then either that would mean that, you know, the rep would then have to go and try to weed through all this information very quickly when on the call, or they, they wouldn't really know. And I think one of the biggest initiatives, and I mean, this is a, a widely known Salesforce product that they've been using for a year, is that this whole, this 360 view of the customer and really being able to understand all of the relationships that we have. And, and that's the thing that I hear more and more from the reps that use it is, you know, I need to know every single relationship that they have at a moment's notice because i need to be able to know one if you know like if they're having problems with one relationship and i don't know it that can actually hurt my sale i've seen examples where maybe they have two separate relationships and you know i'm trying to sell them on on one product but they're having a problem with that other product and to that customer you know this isn't two business units this is one company so we really need to be aware and there's been cases where it's like well I'm not going to close a sale with this product because i'm you know I'm not happy with the other product, so just being able to know that information and know it at a moment's notice is so so important, and so that's that more than anything else is is when we talk about customer centricity, I think it's really being able to understand what all of our are all the relationships with the customer and then you know being able to service them and give them you know the right product at the right time
0: absolutely I mean, the flip side to that obviously is you know the more data we capture, we'd like more in-depth reporting as well, right? So, I mean, we're seeing all this information, you know, a human mind can retain so much and you can only see so many trends. So...
1: Seven things. What do they say? The human mind can process more than seven things at once, right?
0: Don't tell that to my wife because she's, she's like, you can't remember one thing. So seven would be... She'd be really mad then. Um, but in that case, like, are they... You know, in terms of reporting side, I know with Salesforce, I mean, they've made the acquisition to tie in reporting more. Like, is that helping is that becoming more mature there in terms of the solution and the and the analytics that's being pulled
1: yeah it's it's definitely becoming more mature and i almost think it's a problem of almost too much because once you start to manage you know every aspect of the sale through salesforce obviously people are going to start to want all sorts of reporting information on it and then what then becomes a challenge is when you have information from all sorts of different places you know but people want to access it through salesforce how do you access it through salesforce do you bring the information into salesforce you know do you access it through an api you know one of the things that i always hear so much is you know is this information reportable and from what users tell me is if this information isn't reportable then it's not that useful to me because i need to be able to report on it and then there's there's simple reporting then there's you know all sorts of other products that can do you know intelligent reporting and you know, Salesforce acquired Tableau. So there's a lot of things in Tableau and how do those two work together? So like reporting is is so key and, and it's really trying to make sense of it all because just having more reporting isn't necessarily the answer either because then like, yeah, I can report and I can make these huge objects in Salesforce and I can report on all this other stuff. But, you know, what about getting the right information? You know, I, as I start to focus, like I've been focusing a lot more in the last two or three years, a lot on user experience And it seems to me that with more data, one of the solutions always is, is like, well, we need to build a dashboard. You know, we need to build a dashboard that has, you know, 18 components on it and something like that. And I went to hear someone on on user design who once said, he said, you know what, the only people that like dashboards are the people that create them. So sometimes we start to run into that, that information paralysis that we see at times and, you know, not necessarily giving people 18 pieces of information on a dashboard is the right way to go it's about you know giving them what is that key metric what is that key stat you know what is the key information that they need and being able to get it to them at the right time
0: 100% agreed with that and i think what kind of ties back into that and and i think this is where crms like any any system of record for you know i guess this is a business application for the sales side mainly any system of record data quality becomes the real core of the success cuz obviously you know garbage in garbage out I mean, talk about that a little bit because I mean, yeah, I mean, you've you oversee some big implementations and instances currently. Like what are the challenges, like some of the maybe top two or three challenges that you see around data quality?
1: So uh, I'll start with a joke. And, you know, I, I live in New York and there's a joke that, you know, I, I say data quality is like real estate. Like no matter what conversation you're having in New York, it always seems like it always somehow ends up talking about real estate. And that that's the same thing. I mean, the number one thing that we hear from our users is data quality. And not just data quality, but trusting the data quality. Because what ends up happening is once you start to have all sorts of different types of data, even if 95% of it is right, if you get that one instance, and especially if it's something very important that they can't trust it, then they won't feel comfortable talking to their clients until they have to go back and validate that somewhere else. And then you're making them less efficient because you're not having it. The other thing I would say is it's it's really more of a journey, not a destination, because it's not so much as okay. Well, we're just going to go and we're going to clean the data once, and then you know all of a sudden the data is going to be clean. Well, a lot of times what happens is people clean data, but then they don't get rid of the underlying problems that are causing the dirty data to begin with. So it's really understanding that. And then the other thing that I've been that I've been working with a lot recently is because a lot of times, you know, data is coming into Salesforce from other places. It's coming in through various APIs. It's, you know, it's being updated at different times. So, you know, we have, you know, various different types of data latency, you know, where we see something gets updated every day, other things get updated every week, something gets updated once a month. And then how do we communicate to our users when that data has last been updated? Because it will help people trust it a lot more if they know that, okay, this is something that's just been updated you know, yesterday or it's been updated, you know, a month ago, that helps to provide and and build that trust barrier. So there's a lot of applications to clean data. There's a lot of ways to clean. I mean, there's so many different ways you can help to actually fix it. But I would say is, you know, don't just focus on creating the right technical solution, but also focus on making sure that your users are trusting that the data is clean enough. Because no matter how clean it is, if they don't have that trust for it, then you're going to actually not be making them more efficient. Even if you are putting in you know, these really complex data purging and duplication removal and all these other things, just make sure that, that at the end of the day, you're building that trust as well.
0: So it's a journey, right? So obviously you want data processes. You know, It's not like you're going to capture a snapshot in time of your data and then go, well, that's clean and sanitized and we can use this. I mean, people are adding more data every day, every second. So it's very much a business-centric app, right? I guess, what type of controls can be put in place, right? So maybe this is you know, partnering with the IT side. Maybe it's more of an educational piece. What are some of those controls that might help alleviate some of the issues?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking about data controls, at the very basic level, I mean, you know, relative, you know, Salesforce, you know, Administration 101 things will tell you about, you know, obviously, you should use the items that are on the platform things like data validations and and things like making sure you know that you know mandatory fields are only mandatory if they need to be mandatory and things like that a lot of it is training too what we find sometimes is we run into you know what is like the VCR remote problem in that you know VCR remote that has 80 buttons on it because we have a lot of people you know looking a lot of different roles and profiles and different people looking at the same data and they all have different things that they want so Something that may not be useful, say, to you know, a sales or a client manager, but might be useful to someone on you know, the back-end data team who's looking to process that. And you know, for them, a lot of times, it's, okay, we want to know these 18 different fields versus the sales or, or the client managers. Like, you know, I don't even know the answer to these 18 fields. So you know what? Either I'm going to leave them blank, which doesn't help, or I'm just going to put in whatever I want to be able to go and, and close my sales. So really getting understanding of, of what's the most important. Especially what happens is as is your instance really starts to grow, especially as you start to build it over time and it layers on top of layers on top of layers, what you start to see then is you start to run into all sorts of you know, limitations around the amount of data you have. And, and then once you have that, then it becomes a lot harder to change something because when you add something, you need to remove something. And then you also start to see that you know technology changes as, as your org and your instance gets older. You know, you were building with technology that might have been cutting edge five years ago, but Salesforce is, you know, upgrading their platform three times a year and now they've got all sorts of new things. So really spending the time to go back and do that code optimization and clean up because unfortunately a lot of times you're you're always trying to build the next great thing when sometimes it might be better just to clean up what you have, because I keep going back to the same thing. It's you know, what is saving the time of your users? What's making them happier, and what's building trust in the system for them it always has to come back to that because at the end of the day a crm should be making them more efficient and 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 not less efficient
0: i guess with that comes i mean a product that is like salesforce where lots of people might have administrative control might have opinions and and all of a sudden maybe it's a not a centralized it app and it's in a line of business potentially how do user requests get handled right so i guess talking about you know people always want something different you know my instance my team needs this and then you're looking at the ramification across you know other teams you know how do you balance and juggle
1: those needs this is one of the biggest challenges and i go back to you know my role is on the product side and i think what i've seen is is one of the biggest changes is you know really treating it like a product because you know, when we think back to, you know, what are the top product risks? You know, I tell this to my product managers all the time. This is, this is a framework I was given by, you know, the godfather of product, Marty Kagan. It's like, okay, you need to validate, you know, four product risks. You know, one is like, you know, the value. Will your users find value in it? The second is the usability. Can our users actually use it? The third is the feasibility. Can we actually build it? And then the fourth one is what they call business viability. And is, will our stakeholders want it? And I really tell people, like, you need to focus on the first one and the fourth one is what do our users want? And then also what our stakeholders want. And believe it or not, a lot of the times, you know, those aren't in sync because what we get to, and a lot of it is we're always trying to please, like, a lot of times we have very demanding stakeholders that are saying, you know, I want to build this. I want to build that. I want to build the other thing. And a lot of times it's just like, okay, so let's take what they say and let's go and build it without going back and actually validating is this what our users want because you would believe it or not what you know a very senior person might want or might be you know really thinking is the solution you know maybe that's not something that a lot of our users want so it's really trying to find that sweet spot of you know what is something that you know is a need that's been identified and really as as you know salesforce is you know an enterprise application but that doesn't like we still need to spend a ton of time speaking to our users you know, understanding their pain points, understanding their problems and really building just like it is any other product. It's not just taking a request and you know, becoming that type of feature factory where you're just trying to you know, build as many things on the platform because then you get back to what we were talking about earlier is everything builds on top of each other and then, and then you, know, you, you have Frankenstein. So yeah, like, I think it's a lot around making sure that you know, your various product teams that are building on the platform, that they're really focused on specific problems that they're working on And not just being focused on, you know, this is something that senior stakeholder X or Y wants, and we're just going to go build that and then move on to the next thing. And that's really hard. It really is really hard because you do have a lot of those requests coming back and forth. And then how do you prioritize that? As, As we all know, one of the biggest challenges of product is prioritization. There's always too many things to do and not enough time. So, you know, how do you make sure you're focused on the right things while at the same time satisfying your users and satisfying those really demanding stakeholders?
0: I think what's different here, maybe with Salesforce, I mean, and and you you chime in because you're definitely far more entrenched in the ecosphere, but it's a platform with, you know, I was going to say infinite, but it feels like an infinite number of apps that could be integrated.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're really only limited by what you want to build. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's almost like it is a platform. I mean, there's obviously Salesforce developers, architects, there's. Analyst, it is a full-fledged development platform. I mean, you, they have their own programming language and, you know, in Apex and Force and stuff like that. So yep, exactly, it's kind of grown from the traditional old school, hey, a CRM, we can customize, you know, components and fields or capturing data to there is a, you know, workflow, there's process, there's so much more that makes it a lot more complicated.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on a lot of different things. I mean, it's the size of your organization, the classic build versus buy, and then you know, understanding what you really want, and then understanding you know, is there a Salesforce product? Is there an App Exchange product? Should we go? And we, should we build something ourselves? But I think it's really under, getting a clear understanding, and I, first of what your business processes are, and then trying to figure out what's the right solution for that, and then you can get into the whole build versus buy, and what type of product should we use, and and things like that. I, what I find sometimes is there's a lot of shiny object syndrome sometimes is, oh, this is something new that, hey, we can go and then adapt it to our platform. Or, or this is something uh, that, oh, this is a great app exchange product that we all of a sudden, you know, we love and we think that's the right thing. But really getting down to understanding, you know, what are we actually trying to achieve and then figuring out what the right product is. And, and it depends, I mean, it build versus buy is is the type of thing that it really is dependent on the size of your organization, you know, the strength of your engineering team. It's dependent on a lot of different things. And so, you know, there is no one size fits all for everyone. But at the end of the day, it's like, know your own limitations, know what you think will be best. And then, you know, use that as a guide to deciding what you want to, because what can end up happening is is you really can end up spiraling out of control. You can also end up on the other side. is like, no, 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 we want to build things ourselves and you could build something. And then if you don't maintain that, then you end up with, you know, custom built stuff on the platform that isn't upgrading with the platform. So you're, you're running into, becomes very hard to maintain and the platform starts to then age. So there can be problems depending on, on which way you go. And it really depends upon, you know, what you think is the best for your organization. Absolutely.
0: And, and I mean, you're responsible for product management. So when you're seeing all these different apps come out and all the requests come out, how do you manage that roadmap of what you might be looking to implement and what pain you're trying to solve? Because, you know, every day there's a new app and I'm sure a consumer might, you know, a user might get hit up with, you know, some vendor and all of a sudden they get interested thinking or it's going to solve a problem. Stakeholders or stakeholders. The yeah. We
1: used to joke that the stakeholders all used to go to the annual Salesforce conference, Dreamforce, and they'd all come back and they'd all come back with They'd all get sold on these various apps and they'd come back to us and say, no, no, no you should implement this, you should implement this. And then we kind of have to keep their feet on the ground somewhat.
0: That's a whole different balancing act of uh, trying to tune out the noise because if everyone has a mobile device, you go to the app store and download anything you want to test. And it's kind of become very, when we're talking about consumer, customer centric, we're all now used to that. And all of a sudden you have this app exchange that's very tempting and people are used to, oh, I'm just going to download it. And all of a sudden now there's like might be a barrier of, well, you know, maybe not so fast.
1: The one thing I would say too is what we've often seen with a lot of these you know, third-party apps and things like that. The mantra that I say is it's never, especially as you grow very large and you start to customize the platform yourself, it's never that easy. Like Nothing is truly 100% plug and play. It's never that just download it, install it, and you're off and running, but there always seems to be customization. I think of an example once where we had you know, a plugin that took, you know, over, we had basically, we had an entire engineering team working for almost six months to really be able to implement it the right way. So it does take time. So it's never as easy as like, oh, no, no, you just download it and you install it. I mean, maybe that is the case with a very simple instance of of Salesforce, but in general, as you start to delve into the platform and start to manage more of your business through the platform, it rises in complexity. And then it's often more challenging to be able to implement, you know, all of these solutions than it seems at first.
0: Absolutely, it seems like it's taken a life of its own in the last, you know, seventy-eight years. It's the complexity, and if somebody's actually listening to this from maybe an actual software engineering background, it probably sounds to them like, well, this isn't too different if you're building on AWS or you know some type of cloud product. It would probably sound very similar. There's a product manager, there's development teams, and the core. Of this is a CRM.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Awesome. I appreciate you being on the podcast, uh, Michael. It's been really interesting, kind of diving into the world of Salesforce and some of the challenges that you've been seeing. You know, I can't thank you enough. Thank you.
1: Oh no, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Happy to chat. It really is a wonderful platform. You know, I think we talked a lot about challenges, but there, I think there's. We should always say like there's so many opportunities. As I've seen it grow over the past years, like it really is an amazing platform that really you can. Bring in a lot of different directions.
0: Absolutely. Definitely appreciate your time. And that's it for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back again with another episode soon. And I always ask for two things. The podcast is kind of just, uh, it's growing. I'm, uh, I'm over the moon, you know, excited with what we've done with it. And I uh, appreciate everyone who's been subscribing and giving us feedback in terms of kind of some tips and tweaks. So always looking for that feedback. If you have anything uh, that'll help us improve or, just uh you know want to give us a out of void like that as well but uh, subscribe to the podcast that's how the podcast has been growing so uh, please continue to do so and we'll be back again thanks